Welcome into Grip Lock Foundation's weekly podcast. We are here in an unusual setting. We are at Connor's house right now, and you may be asking, why are we at Connor's house? Well, it's because um, they're doing really loud construction in our office. Well, not in our office, next door to our like office. Like quite today. literally jackhammering holes in the cement next to our office. It, it's pretty rough. Uh, it's like deafeningly loud, so we can't, and it's been happening all day, so we have to record here, but that's okay because look at this quaint little setting we're at. You know, we're in the dining room. It's it's great, and it's wonderful. So a <laughs> uh, nice little change of pace. We're, Hunter is not here, uh, but we do have his predictions um, to give you, and then we're gonna we're gonna do a, a quick preview here of the Ledgestone Insurance Open, uh, the biggest disc golf tournament in the world by total amount of participants, including the Amfield. Um, it's an exciting one for sure. Yeah, Ledgestone's always a super big deal. Uh, it's definitely one that the players like winning. There's a there's a big atmosphere around it. Uh, we're gonna start with just kind of a course preview. Uh, I went through all of the courses this morning. They, they was, there's going to be three different courses played by the pro field. The uh, men will play Lake Eureka in rounds one and four, Northwoods Black in rounds two and three. Um, which, first, I actually mentioned it's interesting that they like a lot of places go back forth, back forth with the courses when they have the two course layout, uh, whereas they're choosing to go with the same course for one and four and two and three. What do you, mm. what is your opinion on that instead of just like going every other? I think that, I mean, it, I would say that it probably could make it more interesting because playing it back to back could, um, could make it to where a better rounds could be shot out there. Um, yeah, I, that, that's all, that's all I have to say. Well, it, I would say I'll, I'll skip into it a little bit more when we go over the individual courses, but I, I don't think I mind it for this particular event because of the courses they're playing but basically yeah mpo is going to play eureka uh the temp course there rounds one and four northwoods black round two and three fpo is playing northwoods black in a shorter layout than the men it's like two thousand feet shorter uh for rounds one and four and they're playing sunset hills for rounds two and three Hmm. um so just going oh i'm going to kind of go over each course individually to give kind of the keys for each one because they're kind of unique keys to each course. You know, they're playing a lot. There's a lot of different courses to go over here. So starting with Eureka, um, this is the most scenic course. Northwoods Black is basically like prison. Um, so Eureka <laughs> is like, I understand why they want to open and close the event with Eureka because it's certainly uh, prettier to look at. Um, you got, you're dealing with quite a bit of OB. It's a temp course, so you know they're going to have to kind of use OB. Uh, to their advantage, there's a good bit of water involved. Um, I would say this course, my keys I have are keep the disc in bounds. There's a lot of OB on this course. They like to bring the greens in pretty tight and create demanding approach shots to earn birdies. Um, a lot of placement shots. So placement shots are going to be key at this course because there's a lot of par fours and fives. Uh, and I will also say that wind could make this course a lot harder. It's a way more exposed course than mm. Northwoods. Northwoods is obviously super wooded, whereas uh, Eureka is very exposed and there is a lot of water, which means the wind can be whipping. Uh, and if it is, uh, that's going to change things a lot. And the last thing I had for Eureka is you got to score on the par threes. The par threes, there's a lot of them that are very scorable, short, not a ton of trouble on them. Um, there are some harder ones like the water tower one, but the par threes in general, like you're going to want to do some scoring there. Um, FPO is not playing Eureka. Uh, I'll get into that in a second, but then going on to Northwoods for rounds two and three, this course 
And I just watched flyovers of all of the holes of all the courses this morning to like rejog my memory. But Northwoods Black is truly a monster. And it's interesting because Brody was, Brody just played it um, a few days ago. And he, I think he tweeted that it was like one of his top three wooded courses. And I was like, you know, how could you say that? Like that course just looks evil. But I watched it back again this morning and I can understand why he says that because it is very fair. Mm-hmm. If you hit your line on that course, you are going to be fine every time. Um, the, I mean, the kicks can be absolutely brutal though. And if you don't yeah. get off the tee, you're in trouble. The one thing I will say about Northwoods, I'm curious to see what you think about this. There's a lot of like disc golf holes that have like, there's too many disc golf holes, I think. And uh, there's like two types of holes that have this situation. But one is where you have to lay up in an open shot to the then wooded gap. And then the second mm-hmm. type is when you're in the woods and it's like a very sharp turn. It basically creates, if you have a skinny fairway in the woods and a very sharp turn, like 90 degrees or more, mm-hmm. it creates a landing zone that's like so minuscule that practically yeah. nobody actually lands in it. Mm-hmm. And you barely, like you'll have a hole, like Northwoods has a few, where you've got this really cool shot that would be your approach shot onto the green, like down a tunnel or whatever. But the landing zone to actually have a run up and a normal throw in that situation is so tiny that like one shot out of every 12 is probably even going to land there if mm-hmm. that. So it just becomes like, it's like the hole actually doesn't end up getting played the way it was intended. Yeah, that makes sense. You may basically just see a lot of scramble shots yeah. instead of shots actually down the tunnel. Yeah, and it's because like I'm fine with having it tight you know, tight wooded holes. But when you make the turn so dramatic, mm-hmm. it means that the angle is so tight that like, there's a lot of holes at Northwoods. You're going to see guys that don't get to the corner on like the par fours or fives. And they basically just have to throw waste shots to mm-hmm. lay up around the corner. Um, and you know, that's just part of the course, but my keys for Northwoods in general are keep it in the middle. You know, that is, there is some OB on this course, uh, on some holes in some very inconvenient locations. Like, I mean, hole one, you can, kick OB very easily and there's a few like um greens that are kind of tight but there's not nearly as much as there is at Eureka because it depends on the natural OB of the course um but just keeping it in the middle getting off the tee and just landing shots in play is everything at Northwoods um minimizing the damage is going to be another key at Northwoods there is going to be so many times that players are hitting trees very early off the tee Mm -hmm. and they're just gonna have to get it in their head to hey Maybe I just pitch out, sacrifice the stroke here, and not take a quadruple bogey because yeah. like, there are some ridiculous. I mean, there are stretches on that course where you're just playing these like 900 foot par fours and fives that are just they're so difficult. Um, and then the last thing I had mentioned was keep composure, um, just because it's it's one of those courses where you can't play a flawless round really you're going to take a number that you didn't like and you're going to have a break happen that stinks at some point. So you're going to have to keep a level head. Um, that's something that we saw come into a play a lot last year. But yeah, composure is going to be tough. One thing that's interesting, before we get into the final course, um, because the final course is Sunset Hills and it's just for the FPO, but I find this event interesting because obviously there's a massive AM field that are that overlap onto Eureka and Northwoods. So they're playing other courses in the Peroria area. However, uh, they are playing, there are like MP40, I think is playing on one of those courses. MA1 plays Mm -hmm. on those courses. And 
because there's so many uh, different groups and divisions playing on these courses, it basically means that FPO is now not playing, and this has been the thing in the past too, they don't play Eureka. And Sunset Hills, it's fine. It's on a golf course, but it's pretty boring. And like Eureka is like the signature course of that event. And I think they've played Eureka in the past. But I like I think it's a very... I've never been like super concerned with the am side of the events, like shifting away from the pro side completely. Cause mm-hmm. I understand like it's a business thing. Like, and they, they need to run the, the tournaments that way a lot, but it's very weird line when the FPO is being pushed off of the feature course of the tournament by amps. Like, and that seems to be what's happening. Um, yeah, that does that does kind of seem weird. Yeah, well, and well, I say it seems to. It definitely is in some way because if you only had MPO and FPO there, and you had two courses, you certainly could make it work. Mm-hmm. So it, it it is happening. The FPO is basically being is actually being forced off of Lake Eureka by the AM field. And I think I remember I I think I remember talking about this last year too. But I I just find that a weird line because Sunset Hills. Like it's a very basic course. It's super. It's not memorable at all. It plays like an easy golf course layout. Um, the only thing to mention about it really is that you're gonna have to score on it. If you look at the scores from last year in the FPO, the scores at Sunset were way lower mm-hmm. than at Northwoods. They are playing an easier Northwoods layout that won't demoralize them, but it's still way harder. Um, but you know that. Uh, yeah, it just didn't really sit well with me. I was like, that's just weird that like the AMs are being prioritized. Yeah, that is, that is very interesting. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know what the future looks like because like Ledgestone obviously is is such a big event. Like beside like the the pro side of it is just like one little facet of the whole weekend. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't move the AMs around to, to compensate for the FPO. But uh, looking into some storylines, so. For the MPO, if we remember last year, and it actually took me till this morning when I looked at it to see, um, the last year's event was two winners. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, basically, this is a. F- I, I first looked on UDISC and I saw only three rounds from last year, and I was like, wait, they moved it to four rounds this year. But then I re- remembered that it was can- the third or the fourth round was canceled due to weather coming in. FPO was able to get their last round in, but. Uh, MPO was not, and therefore Rick and Calvin were tied at that point and split the trophy, which was like the dumbest thing ever to me. I thought that was so stupid. <laughs> like I, I, I hated the idea that they both had a win for that. I remember like yeah. that like overlapped into our, um, into our talks about like player of the year and that thing because we were mm-hmm. like I, I didn't want to count it as a full win because like yeah. they didn't win. Yeah. You can't. You didn't beat somebody. <laughs> yeah, like you can't. You can't have two winners. Um, so that that that's one thing that we don't really have a defending champion for the MPO. Um, another big story from the MPO last year was Paul came out really hot the first round at Eureka, and then Northwoods Black absolutely stole his lunch money. He. <laughs> Went in there, blew up on the back nine both days, and like the second day, I believe it was, was like the backups got really bad last year, like they always are at that course. Which that's another thing is like with Northwoods, I'm curious to watch this year. Is like it is so heavily wooded in there. I don't remember from last year, but I can't imagine the cell reception is gonna be very good. Yeah, to true. get a broadcast in there, 
And also the backups were so bad. Like there's like 45 minute backups mm. on some of those longer wooded par fives. And I remember Paul was like rushing to his disc, just like picking it up and throwing it towards the end of the round. He wasn't like, t- it was like, it was like very uncharacteristic and crazy. And then he ended up like just blowing up those two rounds. So, um, do you think he's going to turn it around this year or what? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, I, I bet on him for my last time this oh, season. Oh, you're done this betting season. on Paul? This season. The whole season? You're telling me when USDDC rolls around, he's the defending right. champ. No, you're right. It's a you're bold right, statement. Right. I just, I feel hurt, okay? It's so funny that, uh, like, we, last podcast, um, we talked about, like, uh, Paul and, like, how, I, I think, I, we were talking about the power rankings update. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, Paul, no, he's washed up. Like, we, we're, we're moving him down the rankings. And, like, you know, <laughs> saying what we usually say whenever uh-huh. he doesn't play well. And, like, people were, like, really getting swayed the wrong way in the comments. Like, like man, hearing these guys going after Paul like that, it's, like, kind of, like, hard to listen to. And I was like, first of all, <laughs> like, what are you t- – like, it was mostly ironic what we say. Yeah, yeah. Second of all, like, I don't know. Like, he kind of stinks. So – Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not anybody coming after Paul. It's that he's supposed to be he's the not, best. Yeah, he's not playing He's supposed well. to be the best, and he's not playing, like, the best. And Yeah. Whenever you put yourself in the spotlight, you're going to get scrutinized more. And he's putting himself in the spotlight for years now, so – I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. It's such a tough event to predict. Um, looking at the FPO storylines, though, we had, do have a pretty big one. Kristen Tatar is returning. That's um, big. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, she played an event in Estonia before coming to the U.S. and felt good. But I'll be interested to see if there's any rust in her game or any cracks in her game where it's like, oh, you can tell she's still playing a little mm-hmm. injured. Um, I certainly hope not because we've definitely missed having a full FPO field, uh, just in general. And let's be honest, she's probably going to be in all of our top threes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't not, I mean, she's, Mm -hmm. she was the best when she left. So, um, one other thing I did want to mention before we get into any kind of predictions is, um, we are getting closer and closer to the USDGC and, um, there are still like the way the field has gotten deeper this year, it's gotten really hard to qualify now. Like just getting into that event has mm-hmm. been so difficult. And so I've got a list here of notable players not qualified for USDGC just to kind of like get that on people's radar to be looking at. Um, Andrew Marweed, you know, breakout player last year. He'll actually be an interesting storyline for this event because last year he, so he um, won Idlewild, I believe. And then he had Ledgestone right after or pretty soon after. And then he came in like third at Ledgestone last mm. year. He was just a few strokes back. So this was like part of his good stretch of golf. So I'll be curious to see if he can turn it around and play well because he's had a bad season. Um, DGA has not been kind to him apparently. <laughs> but uh, Paul Yulabari, not qualified. That I think for Paul Yulabari, a guy like that, it's got to be like a huge shell shock when mm. you your whole entire career have been like – you're just expected to be at the big events like USDC. And then like now it's gotten to the point where, Oh, like you might just not qualify. Yeah. He's not going to, he might not have the chance to yeah, ace hole uh, 17 again. It would be like, yeah, like it I would, was there. I was standing behind the tee whenever he did that. Oh really? Yeah. It was awesome. I would, uh, it would just be so weird seeing a guy like him at like Monday qualifiers. Yeah. Like starting to yeah, see like bigger true. names. Uh, ben Calloway also not qualified. Uh, Casey White, not qualified, and Eric Oakley, not qualified. Mm. So the names that like are struggling to get into that event 
are starting to get more and more recognizable. I think it'd be interesting to see like, cause like champions cup is starting now going to be an event that requires qualification. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be interesting to see like what kind of names are going to get left out of majors as we go on. Um, because that's kind of the way things are going. And especially like once tour cards become more of a thing and you have to earn them to stay on the tour, like yeah. who's going to be the first, who do you think is going to be like the first guy that's like, oh my gosh, they just don't have their t- tour card anymore. Like they just got dropped out. Like, Cause like that is pretty much a career ender. I mean, I almost, as much as I hate to say it, it could be Yuli. It could be. That's obviously very thinking. much could be, and it will be a shock to everybody because of his name. But I mean, if you look at his playing, it. it I will say though that may be dramatic though because I don't know like how many people they're gonna. Yeah, if, I like, mean, there's a lot of people in front. If of they him. give there's out a lot of people who are yeah. worse than Paul Yuli, because if they give out like 150 tour spots, and then like Paul Yulabari is, you know, he's in the 50 percent. Yeah, 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 but for sure. yeah, I, it, it will be interesting to see if they implement something like that, like. There will eventually be a name. You're like, I oh think my he'd gosh. be the best mixture of like, it would be shock, yeah. you know. But like, yeah. it could possibly happen. But it'd be really shocking. I feel like he's the best mixture. The of The pressure would just be like insane because like right now, like there's obviously like getting into events isn't like there's ratings caps on that, but like it's not super super difficult yet. But like, if it gets to the point where like getting into pro tour events is like super difficult, and you know that if you don't get in. Like you can tour locally, but like you're not going to make enough money. So like if you and like your sponsors will probably won't pay you very much. Mm-hmm. So like if you don't get in onto the tour, you're like your disc golf career is pretty much over. Like you're yeah. not you're not going to yeah. be able to make money being a touring disc golfer. So like that that's a dynamic that's kind of starting up. But let's get into some predictions for this event. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one, yeah, is going to be kind of tough predict. I think mostly because a Paul is a wild card because he blew up in Northwoods last year, but he's also won this event. Yep. Um, B, you've got, for the FPO, you've got Kristen coming back. That's interesting. And then C, we didn't even have a winner last year. So, like, I mean, if you're Ricky and Calvin going to this event, mm. yeah, you have the, the confidence of knowing you played well, um, but also, you know, neither of them won. I also will say about this is going to be an interesting event because of how difficult Northwoods is. And Eureka is no cakewalk. Um, there's a lot of OB there. The score, like the the scores after three rounds last year that got the tie for the win, were only seventeen under, um, which is not not crazy high at all. I mean, that's what an average of like six strokes, basically mm-hmm. six under par for for three rounds, and that's not crazy at all. Uh, so that this is going to be, I think, this makes it a really hard event to predict because I'm anybody right now. anybody can just blow up because I just changed. I had my decision going into this, and I just changed it. I think if I went to Northwoods after watching it, like I would probably shoot like twenty over par. <laughs> it looks insane. Um, so we're going to go not unrealistic at all. We're going to start with the MPO. Uh, I've got Hunter's predictions here. Uh, he has Paul winning. Wow. Yeah. What I, happened to him? Well, well. What happened was he probably one of two things happened. Either A, I just texted him this morning and he just like quickly threw out three names that were like good <laughs> at disc golf, or B, he's thinking we won't pick Paul to win and he kind of has an opportunity to maybe like gain points because like when he has such a big lead, like he can make gambles like that and just be like, hey, I'll just see if I gain yeah. points. Um, but he's got Paul winning, Calvin in second, and Rick in third. Okay, interesting picking Paul to win. Who do you have? He didn't. He didn't put Dickerson in there. 
No, he did not put I'm, Dickerson in I there. feel like Hunter is such a big Dickerson fan. I'm surprised. He I think he's sleeping there. on Dickerson a little bit because Dickerson uh, that last week had like a, ba- a not great yeah, last not, round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was fine the rest of the event. So like, I'm going. So I'm going to s- switch it up between what I was going to do. I don't have Paul in there. I want to very badly, and hearing Hunter put it in there makes me want to do it more. Um, because what's going to happen is we're going to get embarrassed because he's going to win this weekend. But I'm going to mm-hmm. say uh, third. I'm going Calvin. Second, Ricky. First, Dickerson. I think Dickerson can hold it together. Okay. And I think he can score when he needs to score, and I think he can hold it together when other people fall apart. I mean, he... I think it's possible for him to, at least. Yeah, I mean, of all the guys in the woods Ex- to, like, that's trust... That's exactly like, what I'm thinking. I mean, that, that, that event is going to be probably won and lost at Northwood, so it's not ridiculous to think that, you know, Dickerson is, is like, the safe bet to go with. Is your right eye bothering you like crazy right now? No. You've got a massive hair coming out of it. I don't even feel it. <laughs> I'm gonna grab it for you. Okay. I didn't want to just grab it without saying oh, anything because it was touching look, my eye. It would just look so. Funny was it on touching camera. my eye? It was touching your eyes, like in your eye. Didn't even feel it. <laughs> well, you got it really easily. <laughs> Saved my life. Um, okay. Well, on that note, um, my MPO picks. I have Calvin in third, Ricky in second, Chris in first. Is that what you had? You said Calvin in third, yeah. Ricky in second. That was exactly yeah. Gosh dang it. You changed yours. You were going to take Gannon. I didn't Gannon. see yours. Just to be clear, I didn't see yours. Why didn't you take Gannon? I heard you I say was that gonna, earlier. And well, I was like, yeah. oh, good. He'll. I said I was going to take Gannon for third, but then I was like, Cal- but Calvin. So. All right. Well, you're giving your FPO picks first. I will give my FPO picks first. I'm going. Uh, I need to gain some points. I would, I, up- I would update you on the exact points totals, but I don't have them in front of me right now. And also, here's, the, here's how it works. Hunter, way up here. A ton, mm-hmm. Connor way further down, and then me like a little bit for a lot of bit further down, <laughs> realistically from him. It's not really close right now. I like every time you say FPO, my mind just goes Paige, Chris, and Cat. Yeah, Kristen is back. That's but an interesting one. My problem is that I don't want to pick Paige to win anymore. She does win a lot, though. She has <laughs> Paige, Kristen, Cat. <laughs> That's my choice. Paige, Kristen, Cat. First or third, Paige. Okay. Hunter has Kristen Cat Page. Mm. Interesting, interesting picking Cat in second. Like she has mm-hmm. not been that solid lately. Uh, I threw Cat out of my top three. Wow. I've got Kristen Val Page. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. Dang it! I should I would have definitely put Val in there. I think I would have taken Cat out. And put she's Val there. she's kind of become like a more consistent player now. So that's kind of I would have gone Page Kristen Val. I think kind of where I'm going. Um, but I'll I'll leave mine. All right, dark horse picks. Who you got? Ben Callaway. Ben Callaway. I didn't work really work out for Hunter last week. Well, he's out for he, now that I said him though. He's um, Hunter has got Luke Sampson as a dark horse pick. Not sure on his reasoning behind that, but you know Luke Sampson. Actually, I've had him. Do you mean Luke Sampson or Luke Humphreys? Luke Sampson. Okay, that is what he texted me. Um, That's a little inside joke. Yeah, <laughs> and then I have Casey White. Casey White actually came in 18th last year at at this event. Um, so, I don't know. I've got kind of high hopes for him. <laughs> but Yeah, I, I mean, I wanted to choose him, but you had already chosen him. Yeah. Casey White is a sneaky pick. I, he does he does really well, well sometimes. You know, I didn't really think about it until now, but the fact that he hasn't qualified for USDGC yet, yeah. that honestly, that's going to be like a sneaky way to pick Dark Horse picks for the rest of the year is pick people that haven't qualified for USDGC because... 
that like they're going to have extra motivation to play well. Yeah. And they're typically players who are already outside um, the top 50 in general. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll work. Except for sometimes if you're outside the top 50, maybe it's because your mental game isn't as strong as the top So maybe 50. it's going to have the adverse so effect. The pressure won't You know what's help. funny is I know my mental game must be really weak because the second I said what I just said, <laughs> I was thinking, well, if it was me, I would actually play worse. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I was thinking. That's why I said that. I wouldn't qualify for the USGC. <laughs> But I don't know. I mean, these guys are professionals. Yeah. It'll probably work. They're professionals. Um, they, should, they should do well. Yeah. I mean, in, <laughs> in any case, um, kind of a shorter preview today. There's there's not wasn't a ton to go over. Um, obviously, we don't have our third podcaster either. So, you know, you know, Hunter. He the just best goes, of the three. Yeah. He, our fearless leader. He just goes on and on and on. Um, Gosh, we miss him. But, yeah, we sure do. <laughs> but this event uh, is going to be a must watch. You're going to want to check it out. Uh check it out Let's live. One of the, one yeah. of the most fun events. If of you the haven't year. watched Ledgestone before, here's what I will say. Like you're going to see a few unique things. You're going to see Eureka is a temp course that is super fun. There's some really cool signature holes, some awesome water carries, some really cool, like really cool uses of the environment and Northwoods. If you've never seen it, you're going to watch disc golfers who are usually not human be very human because you're mm. going to watch them hit first available trees be chucking scramble shots right in front of them and having them go nowhere. Like Northwoods is the real deal. Um, oh, you know who would have been a good pick? That uh, honorable mention. Yeah, James Conrad. Yeah, yeah. He can throw that, throw them putters yeah. through those woods and Honestly, then keep the distance up for. Yeah, from what I was watching this morning too, I don't remember seeing too many forehands either. Mm-hmm. So that kind of helps. I him. remember watching him do decently well in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, like no, at, he, at Ledgestone before. would not be a bad pick. I, I will say um, the other thing is somebody let me know in the comments if like this whole FPO Sunset Hills thing is like actually whack or if I'm misreading something, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. And therefore, hashtag free the FPO, save the stand, FPO. Stand up for the FPO. Stand up for the FPO. Um, give the FPO Eureka Hills. Hashtag I wonder, FPO part of me wonders if it's is just better than Eureka. amateur. Like Eureka is a temp course, so like I understand that, but like that means they could also just add temp, shorter layouts if yeah, they wanted to. For sure, I I can't be overthinking this. Like that like, course is fun know. to Sunset watch. Sunset Hills, man, good, probably a good golf course, not a great disc golf course. That's that was my assess, uh, assessment of that. Um, but anyways, other than that, um, that's gonna be it for the preview this week. Make sure to check out Ledgestone. Make sure to watch live disc golf and. Pay attention on social media in our Discord. We're probably going to be chirping about it. Uh, we'll actually have a winner for FP or for MPO hopefully this year. Hopefully the w- the weather allows it, and we'll actually have a real winner. Um, but beyond that, and stay tuned for Monday's episode of Grip Locked, where we are going to get to break down yeah. what's happening with Nico right now. Yeah, Monday's episode of Grip Lock, you're going to want not want to miss that. Very tempting to talk about right now, but we yeah. will save it for Monday. I think Hunter will be calling in next. So if you've been missing Hunter dearly, like we have, mm-hmm. I believe he's going to call in remotely. Um, he's taking care of his baby right now, and if something like that, you know. <laughs> um, and yeah, Monday we're going to get into the. Nico suspension and the aftermath that caused an absolute tectonic plate shift <laughs> in the, uh, in other words, an earthquake <laughs> in the uh, disc golf community. Mm. So we're going to Twitter is going crazy. Yeah, right we're going to really dive into that. So you're not going to miss that. Uh, and then also make sure to check out um, the other podcast we have going on the rest of this week. We have In the Bag coming out on Friday, Trevor Stobbs show coming out. Thursday and that's actually it 
Also, one last thing to mention. We are planning on doing a watch party for Worlds this year. Yeah. So get hype about that. The one last year. Do you remember last year's? If you haven't, you can still go back and watch it. Pretty sick. It was pretty incredible, so don't want to miss that. All right. Rip that drum kit. I missed that drum kit. That's going to be it. That's going to do it. Hope you enjoyed the preview. We'll see you next time.